0: Hello, it is me, it's May 20th, and you are listening to episode 20 of Defying Physics. So, uh, I recorded episode 19 on Sunday, <clears throat> and I said that there would be a bonus, uh, bonus, up, bo- bonus episode uh, coming uh, this week. And I thought, why not release episode 20 on May 20th? So, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. So, uh, in episode 19, I said that today's episode would just be a refresh on the Rules of Gravity. I'm also just going to chat a little bit at the end about uh, just some random things. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the Rules uh, Refresh. So Gravity, otherwise known as Zero Ball, is is a game that I made up with my friends last January. Uh, The game debuted January 28th, 2019, and a year and a half later, we're still going strong. Uh, So Gravity is an ultimate game. Uh, that's where the name Zero Ball comes in, and because you, an ultimate game means that you cannot move with the ball. So already that adds a layer of complexity and strategy, because you can't move with the ball in your hands. And then the name Gravity, which I totally prefer to call it, it came from the ball being everywhere, because Gravity is everywhere. It's all around us. And I realized, wait, the ball is all around us while we're playing. So I decided to call it gravity. But if you want to call it a sport name, it would be called zero ball. Gravity has a plethora of positions. Uh, A lot of the original positions are obsolete or don't exist anymore. So we have a striker, an iron wall, a precision passer, a coverage guard, and a goal catcher. Those are the five main positions, and the other ones have either gone extinct or are barely used. So the goal catcher. Goal catcher is the opposite of a goalie, hence the name goal catcher. So they'll be on the opposite side of the field and you have to pass strategically to your teammates to get it in the goal catcher's hands. That would equal a score, which scores are five points. So goal catchers, uh, generally they're taller. um, They can move fast. Uh, Last season they didn't have to move fast, but in, in the style we're moving to, Uh, For the upcoming season, you'll need a fast goal catcher. Then we have a striker. So striker like it is in other sports, it is the leader of the offense. So the striker will spend most of his time on the opponent's half of the field. Uh, Only in in transition will you really see the striker... uh, on the other side of the field there are a couple cases where the striker runs up and down the field um, but that's only in a situation where you need the striker so it's not common to see the striker on your own side going back to goal catchers we have a new rule so goal catchers can help in transition so the side that their goal catcher zone is on that's a place where they catch the goals the side where their goal catcher zone is on they're allowed to go but they can't pass midfield so yeah so the goal catcher can be very versatile helpful in transition Uh, then we have the coverage guards coverage guards spend most of their time on the opponent's side and the middle of the field and their job is to solely block passes and interrupt the other team's offense. Uh, maybe try and listen into what they're planning. Coverage guards are generally taller, but if they're not, they're super fast and they're really they're really versatile and can be helpful throughout the field. Because if you ever needed them to, you could bring them up on either side of the field. Then we have the iron wall yeah the iron wall the iron wall is uh, a defensive player and they spend all of their time on the other side of the field the opponent side and their job is to block any passing like anywhere close to the goal catcher zone so they're like originally Uh, They replace a very, very old position from January 28th. There was a position called LCS, and it stood for last chance stop. So last chance stop has been given to Iron Wall. So Iron Wall had that general vicinity uh, of places where people might pass near the goal catcher zone. So uh, I cut... I've covered all the positions, so now let's just do a, a skim over the rulebook. So, a quick history over the gravity rulebook. is uh, The rulebook is called Baker's Book. And uh, it is named after Alex Baker. Alex Baker... Uh, played for the Atlanta Atomic and the North Carolina Novas uh, for two seasons each. Um, <clears throat> he was a good player. Um, he we named it after him because he has the most fouls ever. Uh, the rule book originated in the 2019 season, so I'm just gonna do a a skim over it. Uh, so first, when you read the book, you see the gravity guarantee. A Gravity Guarantee, uh, we guarantee a fun, fast-paced game with fair fouls and uh, a fun time. If this is not present for you, let one of the Gravity staff members know, and we will work to our best ability to make the game the best it can be. So first, we have sort of the Gravity Common Sense rules, just like things that... If you had common sense, you would understand. Um, moving... So, like, just basic rules uh, of gravity. Moving with the ball in your possession is not allowed. So, a violation consequence of this is a turnover. Oh, and f- funny, uh, it's only happened once in gravity history. It happened in the Alpha Era. Season one, first game happened. It was turnover. At the time, turnovers were, like a point, but now if, no, at the time, like turnovers were subtraction of point, so. You cannot shoot coast-to-coast passes. You can only attempt a shot from the other team's half of the playing field. Violation consequence. Turnover, and the other team gets possession in their half of the field. So the reason we cracked down so much on this is uh, taking you back in the uh, history of gravity. We had... Uh, the field was a lot smaller than it was. And so people would gather the ball from the other goal catcher and they would just chuck it downfield and their goal catcher would catch it. Uh, the reason we have this rule was because... Um, was because... was because it it took it took the strategy away from the game. If you could just chuck it, then it would just be a back and forth match of chucking it. Uh this year we last year we didn't really have it just because the field was so big and I was the only one who could chuck the ball across the whole field and that's because of my background of um, playing football but and so I was the only one who could chuck it across the field. And even if I did, it was always inaccurate. And it didn't really help. So we we removed the rule because uh, like, you couldn't really score by throwing coast-to-coast. Coast. Uh, this year, we're not sure. We're going to have to see the dimensions of the field this year and see uh, how adjusting the goal-catcher zone affects things. But... Uh, Updates on Coast to Coast will be coming. There will likely be patch 5.6. Okay, so this is another rule that comes from the history of the Alpha era. You cannot hand the ball to another player or goal catcher. Uh, Score does not count, and the other team gets to attempt a penalty shot. So, this is another issue we seem to have. Uh, in the alpha era uh, teams would try and be sneaky and they would hand the ball to their goal catcher they would just they would like pass it and then we'd get really close and instead of like passing it to their goal catcher they would just hand it to him and so that's why we are cracking down on rules like this it's because it just ruins the game when you do things like that So, uh, the goal catcher may not touch the ball unless he leaves the cone zone. So, uh, yeah, so, like, the goal catcher can't pick up the ball if it's outside. He can't knock the ball out while he's inside the zone. Uh, And that the, uh, violation is just a turnover wherever he touched the ball. And here's another rule, it doesn't really affect anyone, but if the um, the ball is always in play, uh, that's one of the cool things about gravity, the ball's always in play, unless it's not easily acceptable. So like if it went into a bush or got stuck in a tree, we would get it out, or we would use one of our other balls, and then there would be a tip-off. The ground rule. So the ground rule is it eliminates a lot of argument. So basically, ground rule, basic premise is if I threw a pass, it was really low and it looked like I dropped it, then. Yeah, so if I dropped the, if I threw a pass and it looked like I dropped it or hit the ground, but. The person who caught it said, no, 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 I caught it before. Uh, It goes in favor that the pass touched the ground. So the ground rule means that any pass, it's uh, iffy, iffy, um, iffy, iffy. I don't even know if that's a term. But if it's like so-so, you can't really tell, then we're going to go in favor of the ground. So the first big rule is uh, pass disturbance. So if a, if a player hinders another player's chances at getting the ball, this is called pass disturbance. Section A, goal catchers. Goal catchers may not be touched at all. It counts as an infraction already if you step into the coned-off area, and touching the goal catcher, even if it is playful, it is prohibited. Goal catchers may not move forward or backward, but the side-to-side motions are allowed. Yeah, so goal catchers, uh, we want to keep them safe. Uh, Remember, one of the goals of gravity is to be a fun sport without hurting other people. So uh, we're really big on no one pushing or shoving each other. We had a ton of that uh, last year, but we're trying our best to eliminate it. Uh, This rulebook is a little outdated. Eli and I are working hard for next year's yearbook, I mean rulebook, but we'll continue on. Section B, personal fouls. Uh, So it's against the rules to jump on a player with possession of the ball, commit physical abuse towards other players, touching the goal catchers. Or cussing out another player, so any of these will either, depending on the severity, they will result in a timed penalty, uh, a time penalty, or maybe a suspension. Uh, We're really tough on treating other players right. So, uh, rule two kind of explains it. So, rule two is cards, flags, and punishments. If you commit a foul that is really bad, you may get a yellow card, which is viewed as a warning. A flag is used by the referees to signal a foul has been committed by a player on the field. Section A, Flags. A flag is used to signal other referees that a player has committed a foul on the field. It may be used to signal personal fouls or result in punishments. Referees shall shall announce the player who committed the foul and what they did out loud so that everyone may know. Yeah, so flags. We didn't actually have to use a flag last year, and I'm glad about that. Uh, And our referees were more new to the game, so um, now that they know the basic premise of the game, we can teach them more of the in-depth rules. So... I would expect to see uh, more flag issues this year. Second, section B cards. A card is used for punishments if needed. A yellow card is a warning for a player. If the player accumulates three yellow cards, he is entitled to a green card, which means that he is banned from the team for a set amount of games. The max amount of games you can be banned from is six games, which at the time was an entire season. The only reason why you should be banned for six games is causing major injuries. See Rule 10, Section A. A Section C, Punishments. A punishment could be a verbal warning or a card, but sometimes there is no punishment giving. The worst punishment is a green card, which can result in a seasonal ban. Rule 3, Scoring. Scoring points will remain the same, but there are a few minor tweaks that will more than likely affect the game. So, uh, in 2019, we went from a rectangular zone to a ring of cones. It's pretty cool. Uh, Section A, scoring zone. There is now a zone which you may not shoot the ball to your goal catcher, but you may move inside of it. If you do score from inside the zone, the points shall not count. The zone will be lined with cones to signal where the zone is. The area is also known as the cone zone. Section B, point amount. The amount of points scored is 5 points per score. A penalty shot is worth 3 points. See Rule 3, scoring section C. In a penalty shootout, points do not matter. Section C, penalty shot. In the case of a penalty shot, a player will stand at one of the field. It doesn't matter where he is scoring, where he is in the scoring zone of the opponent or not. He will punt the ball. The goal catcher cannot move from side to side. If the goal catcher catches the ball, the team is awarded three points. So we've actually never had a penalty shot uh, since we've moved to uh, independently running our league So that's pretty cool. Uh, Section D, surrounding. Surrounding a player is allowed. However, a limit of two players surrounding is allowed. Breaking this rule will result in a penalty shot. Rule 4, border limits and movement regulations. This is a really short rule. Uh, There's no border limits, but you have to beware of these movement regulations. Section A, border limits. There are no border limits as of Season 5 of the Recess Era. The Recess Era is uh, what we did before uh, we ran independently. Section B, movement regulations. You may not move when you have possession of the ball. You may move directly after passing the ball, but when receiving the ball, you have to stay planted once the ball is in your hands. You may pivot once, but as only as a defensive gesture. Rule number five, passing and shooting regulations. We haven't really changed much of these rules, but it might come in handy when you review them. Section A, passing regulations, both offensive and defensive. You may pass, just like in basketball. You only pivot once, but it can be used as a defensive gesture. You may use your hands to move an arm out of the way and throw it with the other. From a defense, per, from a defensive perspective, you cannot jump on top of the player with possession. You may try and slap it out of their possession. If the ball is slapped out of possession, both teams may go for the ball. You may kick the ball, but not far. If the ball hits the ground during a pass, but the receiver still gets the ball, the pass is considered complete. On the other hand, if you were to pass the ball but it rolled on the ground, the ball is still alive and both teams may scramble for the ball. Coast to coast is prohibited. Half court shots are also prohibited. Rule number six, defensive fouls. This section is basically going to cover every foul from a defensive perspective. Section A, guarding fouls. When a defensive player is blocking or guarding a player, the defender may not jump onto the person with possession. If the action takes place, the offender may take may receive a yellow card. If the ball is, Section B, passing fouls. If the ball is in the air, you may try to grab the ball out of the air, but if another player were to run into you, the other player will be rewarded with a yellow card. If the ball is coming down towards the player and you sweat it away but hit the receiver, you shall be awarded A verbal warning. If you were to hit the player as he slash she is passing the ball, you would be awarded a verbal warning. Rule number seven, catching and ball possession rules. Catching, due to lack of replay cameras at the time, uh, which we are now working on, has some restrictions in order to keep arguments to a minimum. Section A, the ground rule. If you were to catch and say ver- catch a ball and say it was very close to the ground, if it looks anything like it may have touched the ground, we just go with the idea that it did touch the ground to keep arguing and disagreement at a minimum. Sec- Section B, incompletion of pass. If a pass is dropped, it results in a live ball on the ground where either team has a chance to get a ball. There is no such thing as a dead ball on gravity unless the ball has gotten stuck. C. See See common Sense Rules Section C, Confirmation Checking We will have all the referees, see Rule 8, Section A, decide between themselves whether the pass was completed or not. It is entirely up to the referee, so no one may change their opinion. Section D, Pilot Players. If a ref cannot decide the outcome of the play, they will call to the pilot players, one from each team to hear their case on which way a play should go. To pilot players, Opinion is taken into consideration, but does not ultimately decide the outcome of the call. So pilot players uh, were uh, founding members, so people had been there from the beginning. Uh, We never had to use pilot players, but they're still there as a safety net for the referees. All right, rule number eight, referees. Section A referee decision. If a player were to drop a pass, the referees will come together and decide if the pass was to have a change of possession or if the other team caused it. The players may not interfere with the referee's decision. If they do if they try to do so, they will be they may be rewarded with a yellow card. See Rule 2 Section A and Section B. Section B, Referee Calling. If a referee sees a bad move made by a player, they have to throw down a flag at or close to the location of the infraction. The referees will then come together and discuss it. Players may not intervene or try to persuade the referee's decision. See Rule 8, Section A. Rule number 9, trade. Uh, We're getting close to the end here. This is going to be a very long podcast episode. Rule 9, trade. This section will be a short overview of the trade rules. Section A, trade details. A trade is conducted by either emailing the manager of another team, see personal email, spreadsheet, or by asking them in person. You first list the person that you are offering and then the person that you would want. The team manager who received the offer can change the deal. If the manager who requested the player doesn't like the deal after it was changed, he can cancel the trade deal. You know, just basic trading. Uh, Section B, trade limit. Uh, There will be 12 trades per team. If a team gets a new manager during the season, the trades carry over. If you go over the limit, the manager could possibly be removed from his slash her spot. We have a spreadsheet that will organize every transaction done by a team. I'm not sure if this has anything about the transfer clause, but we'll, we'll see. And I'll update you at the end if it doesn't. Rule number 10, injury punishments overview. This is an overview of the punishments and regulations that come with an injury, whether it's the person that was fouled or the person that committed the foul. The regulations and slash or punishments will apply to them. Section A, injury punishments. If you commit a foul, depending on the injury, you could you should be rewarded with a verbal warning, a yellow card, or a green card. See rule 2, section B through section C. The other team will be rewarded with the ball from that point of from the point of the foul after the injured player has been attended to. Section B, card accumulation punishments. If you were to accumulate too many yellow cards, then you would be rewarded with a green card with a ban of 2 games. You may only get the green card after a game, and and if a referee tells you verbally that you've gotten a green card. Yellow cards are worth one warning. Two in a single game will give you a green card. Rule 11, fight rules. If a fight happens to break out at any time for any reason, you will be excluded for the rest of the game. Section A and Section B will explain more. Section A, Physical Abuse. If you're in the game and you accidentally get fouled by a hit, don't hit back. If you do, you will either be punished in some way or lose one game. If you hit first, then that is an automatic game lost and you will not be able to play the next game. Section B, Verbal Abuse. Trash-talking will not be allowed right before the game, during the game, and after the game. If you do, and the person reports it to the referee, they must take 5 minutes of the trash-talker's playtime. If it happens continuously, then they will lose 10 minutes of their playtime. If you trash-talk back to them, then you will both lose 5 minutes of your playtime. Pilot players. If ever unsure about the rules of gravity, there are two designated players for rule clarification. Eli and Austin know the rule book well so if you have any questions come to them uh, so this is uh, the gravity rule book as of 5.0 we are working on the updated rule book it's real great uh, one thing I've got to mention in that rule book is about the transfer clause uh, the transfer clause the transfer clause is that A transfer player can choose where they want to if their contract allows. Uh, That's something that not a lot of people know. But it is a thing, and the transfer clause says that you have to, uh, your contract has to be eligible to let you do that. Uh, In the alpha era, we didn't actually have contracts. So the old transfer clause was you have to play at least two games with your new team before you can transfer. Because what was happening um, back then was a scandal, where a team would trade a player and then they would transfer back. So, like a team would get cheated out of their player and a draft pick. So, like if I t- had traded a good player, like for a first round pick, I have a first round pick, and then the player would just transfer back. And so we we made the transfer rule to really uh, take out. Um, uh, to take away that scamming, we actually only have one player eligible for transfer, and that is Archer. Anyways, I am really tired. My voice hurts, and um thank you so much for listening to episode twenty of Defying Physics comes out May twentieth. I'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah.